Hello and welcome to the Anita Po Show, where we talk about the role Bitcoin plays in enabling economic empowerment for individuals and communities by providing fair and open access to a global financial network. Today I'm speaking with Mr. Mulos in Lusaka, the capital of Zambia. Mr. Mulos has a YouTube channel where he shares his insights on how one can exchange Quacha, the local currency, to Bitcoin with different payment methods. He has been helping a lot of people with their e-payments for a couple of years now and is a real expert on how to save fees and send money in and out of African countries. Recently, he opened his own Bitcoin kiosk in Lusaka, where people can come by to get help with cryptocurrency and payments. You can watch this interview on YouTube and you can listen to it in your favorite podcast app. If you want to try something new, you can listen to it in a lightning-enabled podcast app like the Breeze app or the Fountain app. Thanks for supporting my work. Go out to the Human Rights Foundation, Leden, OKCoin and Paxful, as well as to all the individual donors who make Bitcoin for Fairness possible. If you want to learn more about Bitcoin, go out and get my book. It's one of the best books to understand not only the question of why Bitcoin is needed, but also how you can send, receive and store it safely. Now it's also available as an audiobook. You can find it at learnbitcoin.link. And now on to the show. Hello, welcome Mr. Mulos. No, thanks for having me. Great to have you. Well, thank you, thank you. We met the first time well, at the uh, Zambian meetup. At the recently. crypto meetup uh, in... Scallywags. In Scallywags, yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it was great to get to know you. I um, also looked at your YouTube channel today. You are a uh, YouTuber, basically. You give advice on crypto in Zambia and how to use it. And um, I also found out you have a shop now. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, I've become a cryptopreneur, basically. <laughs> Please introduce yourself to our okay. listeners. All right, so my name is Mulonda from uh, Lusaka, Zambia. Uh, I'm a person who's into fintech, and uh, among the fintechs is crypto. Um, I met uh, you through the same uh, crypto. I think someone did, uh, a mutual did introduce us. Um, I've been dealing crypto for the past possibly three to five years. Uh, on and off, uh, hobbyist, enthusiast, then later on as a crypto, I don't know if you can call it a cryptopreneur, but someone who actually does uh, crypto for business. Okay, so, and, and what did you do before? How did you get into that? Um, I worked in a bank for 13 years. I was mostly dealing in uh, the Forex department, so I had an interest in uh, international payments. When I left the bank, I started doing online work. So one of the things I was trying to find in Zambia was a way of receiving international payments uh, locally at a very, very low cost. Because the standard bank uh, international remittances, you can lose sometimes $30 to $100 uh, in bank fees. So I started testing out all the payments, uh, PayPal-wise, uh, European banking, uh, these online banks, Pioneer. Eventually, I found myself in crypto. Uh, I did open the accounts. I was receiving some crypto payments. Um, then, as fate would have it, a friend of mine needed some help 
getting some uh, crypto. He couldn't use his bank card because um, uh, different banks have different crypto policies and um, some can be used for verification. So as fate would have it, he contacted me out the blue, asked me if I could uh, purchase some crypto for him. Uh, he needed to make some payments. Um, after making those payments, um, he did give me, uh, uh, he gave me something excess for that. And um, I became his go-to person to buy crypto. Then I saw it as a business opportunity that I could actually be buying crypto for those people who are unable to buy themselves. Um, it took me through almost crypto platforms, uh, Binance, CEX, uh, Cryptarium, uh, local Bitcoin swap, uh, local Bitcoins, Paxful, and the whole host of platforms. And then, but you were working in a bank before, right? Yes. Did you stop working? Uh, uh, yes, I stopped uh, about eight years ago. So I've been I've been self-employed for the past eight years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what would you say? What are the properties of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency that make it uh, so special for, especially for people in African countries? What are the problems that people have here in general with money or finances? Um, the main problem people have here um, is um, for the mainstream banks. Some of the minimum or bare requirements are things that people don't have. Uh, most people don't own property in their, which shows in their name. They don't pay electricity or water bills in, in their name. So most banks, uh, for main accounts, they need you to have uh, uh, a utility, a water bill, electricity bill, or phone bill in your name. Majority don't have that. Um, you need to have a recommender. So if I, if I am going to a new town and I see there's a Zanaco there and I want to open a Zanaco account and I don't know anyone with a Zanaco account, I won't be able to get a recommender. So there are some small barriers to people having mainstream accounts. Um, the other option is uh, mobile money. Now mobile money is good, you just need your uh, uh, national ID, they call it National Registration Card or NRC mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And once you get that, uh, you can use it as mobile money to send, receive payments. But the problem is that uh, the maximum you can do in a day receive is a 20,000 kwacha. Uh, that's sending or receiving. And uh, then you can't hold more than that. And then also the fees are rather high. So it's a convenient platform, but uh, in my opinion, it's really, really impractical to use. Uh, that leaves crypto. Um, crypto, uh, depending on which crypto platform you're using, you don't need to submit too much uh, documentation. Uh, you are able to send, receive, uh, sell, buy, or trade with other people from across the world. Um, it's not a perfect system, but it, uh, depending on which one you're using, you can have uh, greater financial freedom. Yeah, yeah. But it's not for everybody. I need to emphasize that crypto is not for everybody. So one of the, the reasons why people can't use bank accounts is they are excluded because they don't have like the, 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 the IDs or whatever that they need or bills that they need to be um, like a client of a bank, a customer of a bank. 
And then you have these payment limits. That's how I understand it. And now you're talking about these platforms. Um, I was also wondering, I was looking at your videos. So you basically use the platforms to exchange from Quattro to Bitcoin or, or USDT and the other way around. That's basically your service, right? Yes. But um, then I also found a video where you're speaking about how to use um, yellow card in Kenya and in Zambia and that this is not possible. Yes. So I, I was wondering, um, you know that there are these self-custody wallets like the blue wallet or moon. So why are you not using that to, 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 to go from one country to the other with your Bitcoin? Um, okay, so one, uh, this is my phone, my trusted phone. I don't know if it's visible. <laughs> so you see that it has dropped a lot of times. So those wallets which you have your, your, you, you have your, your keys and all, um, I use multiple wallets. Then um, when you're using multiple wallets and you've got multiple keys, the question now becomes, how do you save those keys? Should you just take a screenshot? No. Uh, should you write them down? <laughs> should you email them to yourself? No. Then if you if you're doing all of that, how do you tell this one is for trust wallet, this one is for uh, is for this wallet, this one is for that wallet? So you you end up having a situation where you've got multiple keys saved up in your. It's really really difficult. I I use so many wallets, mm. so many platforms. Mm. In the end. Um, uh, it was fortunate I had a very, very small amount in, uh, in one wallet. I lost the keys and uh, I received a payment, a very small payment. So just to get my keys reset, I had to write to their customer care. It was a whole process. And uh, although they did manage to help me out, I realized that this was fortunate because it's a platform, a wide, a big platform. But if it's a smaller no. wallet type, you lose your, your coins. But the, yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah, that's right. But on the other side, these platforms can like freeze anybody's account at any time, or they could say we're not um, serving Zambia anymore. Um, they usually don't do it suddenly. Um, if you look at uh, a case in point, uh, the uh, Russia-Ukraine conflict, a lot of Russians uh, have been uh, a lot of Western platforms have stopped serving Russian uh, clients, but they didn't just freeze their accounts and grab their money. They actually gave them enough time to uh, to move their money out. And I think Binance just reduced the maximum holding for Russian users. Yeah, maximum is now 10,000. If you go on those platforms, you can still see uh, that they are able to transact up to 10,000. Then if you also look at can, uh, platforms like Paxful, uh, Paxful, um, it's only those heavily sanctioned countries like Iran, Yemen, Zambia, uh, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, South Sudan, Sudan. You find it's only those heavily sanctioned countries that don't have uh, access to platforms like Paxful. Um, so depending on which country you're in, Zambia is at extremely low risk of being sanctioned. If we are going to get sanctioned, it's going to be a slow process that you can see coming a mile away and take remedial action. Um, so it's uh, it's lower risk for me to just use platforms like Binance, Yellow Card. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I understand you're a trader, that's your business. So yeah. you need access to these platforms yes. anyhow. So yes. if people want to trade, yes, but only keep that amount of money. And I speak of the general public, yeah. not of business traders like you. Um, leave only the amount you need to trade or, or send soon on the exchange. But other than that, I advise to use these self-custody wallets yes. because usually people I believe should not trade because it's a it's a job. You yes. need to know what to do and to hold and use your own Bitcoin or USDT. You can have one wallet and have everything in it. And then you only need to write down one seed on a sheet of paper and keep that safely. But I understand that there should be something in between. And I think next year we will see some wallets coming out of that, uh, like that offer shared custody. Um, so where, where trusted people in a community hold a part of the keys for everyone. Yeah. And so if you as a general user, you can't lose anything because you will get access back to your money again because the trusted person knows you. Yes. Uh, it's like what we do in the, in the meetups, you know, yeah. getting to know people and, and then you understand, can you trust them or not? not. Because one of the biggest problems here I've learned are scams. Can you talk a little bit about the, the, the sort of scams that are very common here? Right. Uh, and then maybe also about how to um, oh. find out about scams, which are those, identify them. Okay, so um, I have noticed a number of scams. Um, the first one is, uh, it's got absolutely nothing to do with crypto. It's the basic run-of-the-mill investment scam. Someone will say invest a thousand kwacha and get back a hundred thousand kwacha after a hundred days, one thousand kwacha per day returns. Those are the basic pyramid schemes. Um, sometimes they just follow the news. If uh, gold is trending, it will be a gold investment. If oil is trending, it will be an oil investment. But crypto trends more than others. Mm -hmm. So each time crypto is trending, they'll come and say Bitcoin investment or crypto investment gets 600,000% after 10 days, 100 days. So those, the best way to avoid them is use some, uh, I hate to say this, but use some practical common sense. There is no investment that pays 100,000% interest. Um, and then you also need to just do some basic research, check how the crypto price moves. Yes, crypto, uh, Bitcoin did move from a few cents at inception to $68,000 at its peak, but that was over a wide period of time. It wasn't over uh, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And even within that time, the price would go up, down, up, down, up, down. So there's no guaranteed returns on uh, crypto investments. Then the other type of scam which I've seen is um, on trust wallet. Uh, a lot of people have come to me saying they want to sell uh, their crypto and they are holding, they show me their trust wallet and the balance there is maybe $5,000, $10,000, a million dollars. <laughs> and um, I would ask them how much they invested. And they would invest maybe 500 kwacha, 3,000 kwacha, which is... Uh, maybe $30 or uh, $80. And uh, what basically happens is that with Trust Wallet, you are able to view wallet balances, uh, just viewing the wallet balances, you can't transact. So they are able to get uh, 
actual active wallet, set it up in the trust wallet to view only, mm -hmm. and someone who does not know how to use a trust wallet will be seeing that balance as their balance. You cannot withdraw that balance because it's a view only. So that's the other type of uh, scam. Uh, the third type of scam I've encountered is where somebody is purchasing uh, crypto from a third party and uh, they're using uh, off-platform, non-escrow uh, purchasing. So they'll send the money to someone to send them crypto. The person runs away with their money or they send them crypto in exchange for kwacha or whatever. The person runs away with their crypto. So those are the, some of the... Uh, the main scams I've seen. Um, uh, then the other one also is uh, buying crypto through uh, third parties. So someone wants to buy crypto, they don't know how to buy crypto, so they'll ask someone to buy on their behalf and hold for them. Then when it's time to withdraw, um, a lot of excuses are given and they're never able to withdraw that. So uh, most of the crypto scams are basic common scams that happen even with bank accounts, uh, crypto accounts, uh, trading accounts. It's, uh, it's just that crypto has a higher profile and uh, with central bankers and a lot of uh, educated people always looking down and speaking down on crypto, it adds a little bit more momentum to, to the co complaints on crypto scams. Mm -hmm. um, why is that? that people then, you, because you also spoke about that in one of your videos, that many people here in these countries then put all their life savings into these scams. Um, is the desperation so high or is financial education so low? Um, I used to think like that, except one day I realized one thing. A lot of people know that they're investing in a scam, but they're looking at the pyramid scheme. So they are hoping that they are at the bottom of the pyramid. And they are hoping that when they are pumping in this money, they'll get their money out before things collapse. Um, I've spoken to a few people. I've tried to advise them that what you're investing in is a, is a, is a crypto scam. Um, but some of them are like, it's a risk I'm willing to take. Um, I hope to get my money out before it collapses. And that's when I finally realized that sometimes people know what they're getting into. They will pretend by all means. Uh, because it's not possible. In Zambia, um, the same scam is basically rebranded every two or three months. And then the same people who are scammed on one are the same ones jumping on the other one. Mm -hmm. So they are, they are always trying to jump in early before things collapse. That's some people. Some others are just genuine people looking for abnormal returns. Um, in Zambia, if you deposit your money in a bank, the bank will be paying you a very insignificant amount of interest. Uh, if you are investing in, uh, 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 in uh, stocks at the Lusaka Stock Exchange, if you look at the daily charts, you'll find that the price movement is usually zero. <laughs> it doesn't move on a daily basis. It's just whenever there are offshore players, you find that they can be 600% growth within a day or two and you have no way of planning for that if you look at treasury bills government bonds uh, the interest rates are higher than bank rates 
but there's issues of taxes, issues of uh, repayment periods every six months, nine months, one year. So uh, people are more or less looking for faster returns. And um, a lot of them do understand the higher the returns, the higher the risk. And some of them are willing to take that risk because they, they believe they'll be in the 10% who get lucky. Um, mm -hmm. But when they are not lucky and they lose their money, that's when a lot of them come out and uh, uh, start pretending to have not known it was a scam. But there are those genuine people who did not know it's mm. a scam. So I'm not trying to bundle them all together. So, but for those people that you mentioned earlier that know it's a, it's a pyramid scheme or a scam, they're basically gambling. Yes, right? they are, they're basically gambling that they will be the lucky 10% who, who, who win big. So it's, um, it's a moral gray area. Mm. And do people then, because you're very public on your YouTube channel, do people blame you then for losing money? No, uh, I have never, um, I have never, so on my channel, I only talk about platforms that I use personally, uh, that I have actually used personally and I know how it works and how genuine it is. So I've never, I've never shared any investment platforms, um, Uh, trading platform. Okay, I have shared trading platforms, but these are genuine trading platforms. And I do emphasize the risk. But uh, I've never shared any investment platform where you just put in your money and uh, every one day, two days, three days, you are making uh, colossal sums of money. So, mm. uh, so far, I've not been blamed for anything because I don't touch on Uh, investment platforms that may be scams. Mm. When I'm here around in these countries, I always, people tell me like, how can I join Bitcoin? How can I trade it? Um, but you're not talking about trading. I'm not too, and that for a reason. Mm -hmm. Can you please explain why you're not telling people trade Bitcoin? Uh, because I did try. Um, a lot of times people do not actually understand that uh, Bitcoin and crypto, it follows the same basic rules as any investment. You buy low, sell high. So that's, that simple basics, a lot of people do not understand. So like some people will contact me and say, I've opened a yellow card account. I've deposited this much. How do I start trading? Now, I cannot tell a person this. If you've deposited a hundred kwacha in yellow card and... Uh, Tomorrow, your 100 kwacha balance is 105 kwacha, and you're seeing it in the app. I, can, I cannot tell you that this five kwacha is your profit from trading, uh, indirect trading. Uh, or if they deposit 100 kwacha and the Bitcoin price drops, it's now 85 kwacha. I can't tell them, I can't tell them how crypto is working hmm. and all. So I realized that... Um, I realize that people, I realize that people do not actually uh, want to do any trading. They assume that once you buy Bitcoin, the price will skyrocket and you sell at a profit. Uh, no one, most people don't want to be patient, uh, wait for price movements in their favor. Um, others buy when it's high, 
I mean, a lot of people bought when Bitcoin was $68,000 and they are still holding. Today, Bitcoin is uh, $20,000. That's a $48,000 drop yeah. in price. So uh, when people come and ask me, how do I trade? How do I trade? I generally do not answer. I mean, I'll answer them a neutral answer and uh, tell them to read up more on that. Yeah. Yeah. I always recommend either you hold it mm. for the next three to five years mm. to, to go through these down circles like mm. you just mentioned or you use it immediately yes. and cash it out immediately or buy something with it or mm. use it as a way to get money from abroad yes. if you're a business or do import export stuff and things like that. Yes. So. Um, There's also a lot of talk about how crypto is bad and it's only for money launderers and criminals. Um, what, what's your experience on that? Um, it's very difficult to launder money through crypto. Um, if you are laundering small amounts of money, uh, possibly, yes, crypto is your way to launder. Okay. So if, 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 uh, it's very, very difficult to launder money through crypto. Um, if you read the Zambian uh, uh, news on financial crimes and all, you see that a lot of these people who have stolen or have dirty money, they keep it in cash. Mm. Now to move that cash as crypto out of the country in a small market like Zambia, it's near impossible. You'll get caught uh, because you actually do need to pass through the banks and, uh, and all. So... Uh, if you watch a lot of Hollywood, that's how uh, money is laundered. Uh, sex traffickers, kidnappers, drug dealers, arms dealers, they move money through crypto. But the reality, they move money through the banks. I mean, if you check, just Google how many times HSBC has been fined for Deutsche Bank, uh, Citibank, uh, Barclays, all these big banks, all of them have been fined on a regular basis for money laundering, aiding and abetting money laundering. Uh, trillions of dollars are laundered through the banks every year, whereas billions are laundered through crypto every year. There's a huge mismatch. Crypto is here, banking systems are up there. So, Yeah, and I guess like the big dealers, they will always find ways to launder their money. Yes. And the regular person like you and me, We just want to do a life, you know, we just want to have money to be able to spend it on a daily basis, yes. buy stuff, get us kids to school and things like that. Yeah. So, so this overboarding uh, regulation, I think it excludes billions of people yes. and that's a problem. Yes. So um, how can one buy Bitcoin in Zambia? What is the best way? What would you recommend to do? All right, the best way to buy crypto in Zambia is, uh, in my opinion, there are a number of ways. The best way is Yellow Card. And why I say Yellow Card, it's the only platform that has uh, crypto prices in Kwacha. So if you want to buy $100 worth of crypto, you will see Yellow Card price inclusive of the fees. So you know, one USD, $1 crypto is worth 16.28 today. Mm -hmm. So you know at 100 is 1,628. So when you're buying, there's no conversions, extra costs, others. Mm -hmm. The other way is using a bank card on platforms like CEX, Binance, uh, Cryptarium or the others. The only problem is uh, these platforms have a lot of hidden fees. There's about 3% visa fees, 
um, one point something percent platform fees. Uh, the banks will also charge you some extra fees on currency conversions. Mm -hmm. So if you are buying one dollar worth of Bitcoin, you'll find that you'll be spending anywhere from 1.08 to 1.15 dollars just to get one uh, mm -hmm. one uh, dollar worth of crypto. Um, then the other platforms like local Bitcoin Swap, Paxful, these are the peer-to-peer -peer platforms uh, where you can uh, trade with uh, other local uh, counterparties. The only problem is that their fees are significantly higher, mm -hmm. so it's a little bit difficult to 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 check your prices and mm. all. Yeah, because you you also need to trust the peer, no? Yes. Because the platform does only does the escrow, but the rest is you need to find a, a person you can trust first, and then hopefully this person has low fees. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So um, in your uh, experience, how many people are using which um, cryptocurrencies? Like I think. Most people use Bitcoin or USDT. Yes. Um, is this in what split? Like, do you have like 50% people are using Bitcoin, the others USDT? Okay, what do you so say? Uh, the majority of my clients use USDT. Um, the second highest would be Bitcoin. Then I do have some using uh, BUSD, BNB, uh, Ripple, Litecoin, uh, Bitcoin Cash. Oh, there are still people using Ripple and Bitcoin Cash? Yes, there are still for people. Um, Ripple, uh, Ripple has a very good reputation for being one of the fastest uh, uh, cryptos to pay out. Mm -hmm. If I'm paying you Ripple, you have it within seconds or a minute or two after I send. Um, but those are people who have not yet used USDT. Because, I mean, USDT... If I'm sending you a hundred USDT, when you receive, the value is still the same. Whereas if I send you a hundred dollars worth of Ripple, by the time you receive it, it could be one zero two, it could be ninety five, it could be anything. So, um, so people, depending on their, depending on their level of uh, knowledge, experience, they'll use any crypto that they're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And as a cryptopreneur, if someone comes and says, I want to use ABCD coin, I'll first check if it's, I can convert it on any platform and then I'll obviously transact. Yeah. But what's your personal stance on that? Uh, money is money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if someone is using any coin and I'm able to receive it, convert it to USDT or Quacha, um, I'll, I'll basically trade it. Yeah, you trade it, but you, I mean, do you hold Bitcoin for the long term or um, you don't, maybe you don't want to talk about your personal stuff, but what's your opinion? Let's say it like that. Um, personally, I don't hold much crypto because I don't have that much excess cash to just keep in uh, crypto. If I mm -hmm. did, if I did, I would be buying crypto during the dips and selling when it goes up. Uh, but I haven't yet reached that level of having so much excess disposable cash to try out uh, experimental holding and, uh, and all. Mm -hmm. yeah. Understand. Yeah. And so now you opened your own shop? Yes. Is it um, 
in the downtown of, of it's, Lusaka? Uh, it's in the outskirts of Lusaka, a, a neighborhood called Ibex Hill Extension. So it's, um, uh, we got a fair deal on the rentals. So depending how business goes and grows, we might move uh, into the more uh, central places. Or I think Lusaka rentals are just crazy. They, they don't make any sense. <laughs> so uh, we are there in Ibex while we grow our business. But once the business has grown, we definitely do need to move closer to the wider market. Mm -hmm. And why did you open up a space instead of doing your work online? Um, I've been doing online for the past couple of years. The only problem has been a lot of people, the first time they're dealing with you, want to meet you face to face. Uh, now, if you're working from home, you don't want to be having so many strangers coming mm. home. Um, and then also sometimes, uh, sometimes people want to meet at awkward hours. Uh, someone to meet too early, someone to meet during lunchtime, someone to meet after hours. So a more, a more central place uh, would be ideal. Um, I did try Pamozi once. I do have a membership here called Epicure. So you can come in, uh, meet people here. But um, this place is intimidating to some. It's out of the way for others. And um, there are certain times you really can't come in even to here. So having a place where I can just come to any time um, made me open that office. Mm, understand. And are your customers mostly private people or, or businesses? What, what is the sort of uh, business you want to attract? Uh, the clientele is a whole mix. They are private people, uh, students, um, business people, uh, uh, people who can't send money to countries like Nigeria or sanctioned countries. Um, at the end of the day, like with sanctions, a lot of people in Zambia come from countries that are sanctioned. So they still need to send money back home for upkeep. And uh, I mean, when, when we watch news, we assume that people living in a sanctioned country, they are all guilty for the sins of their governments and all. But the reality is that some of these people, they've got mothers back home, fathers, uh, siblings in school, Zambians studying there. So uh, even countries like Nigeria, where the government has got very, very strict uh, forex regulations, which make it near impossible to do business as an entrepreneur. So a lot of the people who come to buy from me at the shop, some are just trying out crypto for the first time, they want to hold. Some are buying to send, uh, to order some goods from Nigeria or Lebanon in some cases. Uh, some are coming to send to family back home, which they can't send via bank. Um, some are coming to trade. Some have received for work that they have done. So it's a whole mix. Uh, there's, a whole, there's a whole whole mix of people. Mm -hmm. There's not there's no one category. Mm. Yeah. And what would you reckon are the countries in Africa where crypto and Bitcoin usage is the highest? Uh, Nigeria, Kenya, and South Africa. Mm -hmm. But then those are also weird countries in that it's not so straightforward to actually buy crypto in these countries, but they have very very high volumes of crypto transactions. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. 
Is there anything that you feel um, you want to say what we've not mentioned about Bitcoin and crypto in Zambia? What's special? Or do you maybe have a message to your people here, your fellow people, or to the people abroad, our listeners? Um, something very, very weird about Zambia. Um, because I have uh, dealt with a lot of people. My biggest non-Zambian clientele are actually in Nigeria. Um, I've dealt with people in Kenya, South Africa, all across Africa. So in all my observations, one very weird thing is that it's actually very, very easy to deal crypto in Zambia compared to all these other countries. Uh, and then it creates an arbitrage opportunity in that you're able to buy cheaper crypto in Zambia to resell outside Zambia. Uh, the only challenge is if you are selling to Nigerians, um, Nigeria has got parallel rates. There's a bank rate, which is very low, and a black market rate, mm -hmm. which is very high. If you are able to find a way of getting paid from Nigeria via bank rate, your profits are super normal, but it's near impossible to get that. If you are selling to Kenyans, you are actually getting way above the bank and official rates. But the challenge now is with getting those shillings back into Zambia. The same thing with South Africa. So it's a very, very weird thing that in Zambia are able to buy cheaper crypto, mm -hmm. which you can sell to Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa, but you can't get your money back profitably. Unless you're spending Naira, shilling, mm -hmm. or, or rands in South Africa, uh, the profits are very, very good. But the reality is that you want your money back mm -hmm. in Zambia. So there's a, it's yeah. a weird thing that you can sell very profitably abroad, but you can't How access the How do you get your money out again? Yeah. It's like the same with Zimbabwe. I always think it would be very lucrative yes. to sell Bitcoin there. But what should I do with, I mean, if I get US dollar cash, yeah, then I would need to smuggle it out, yes. you know? So, and, and with the Zimbabwean dollar, I don't want that. Yes. And so, actually, you can't do much about that. Yeah, you, yeah. you would need to be there on the ground and yes. do it there. Yeah. Yeah. So for Nigeria, um, I am able to get money out. Kenya, I'm able to get money out, but the profits just vanish, converting it back into kwacha. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So. And Wise, the the app Wise is not a help here. No, Wise, uh, Wise. Um, because I think, excuse me, because I think you can have in every, you can have different bank accounts on WISE in every country. Like yes, I can uh, set up a bank account here on WISE. No, no, no. For no? WISE, you can set up a bank account in America, Europe, um, America, Europe, Australia, um, most of the main countries. Uh, you can also set up a Rand, Shilling, Kwacha, Naira account. Mm -hmm. You can only mm -hmm. hold those currencies, but you can't move them to a local bank. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can't send you Naira uh, into your WISE account. Ah. I can send you Naira. To, in fact, I can't, you can't use WISE for Naira because of the central bank restrictions. Mm -hmm. um, I can't send you shillings in your WISE. I can send you dollars, which you can convert to shillings in your WISE, mm -hmm. but then you can't convert those shillings back into... Uh, so, okay, but when you think about it, actually, uh, I have not fully tested it out, but theoretically, it could be a way to get your shillings and rands out. I just need to test out. And yeah, see. Or, or then you maybe, if you have business in these countries, you could 
pay someone with shillings or, yeah. or naira or yes around. i i have sent shillings to people in uh, kenya using wise um i actually do have an mpesa account in kenya for my shillings um i have a south african rand account in south africa um i have a nigerian naira account in nigeria so uh I can only use WISE for the shilling and the rands. I can't use WISE for the Naira. So the um, WISE is restrictive. Mm. Uh, even Chinese Yuan, you can hold Yuan in WISE, but you can't receive Yuan payments. The same with Japanese Yen. Um, so there, 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 are so many, there are so many currencies you can hold, but you can't receive. Mm, you can okay. only hold to make payments. Ah. Yeah. Okay, I thought my, I can receive receive too. Can I receive in US dollars? US dollars you can receive, ah, euro you main. can receive, mm -hmm. yes. So mm -hmm. I've got my US dollar WISE account in New York based. My uh, euro WISE account is Belgium. I even have an IBAN. My UK pound account UK. I've got uh, the UK account in IBAN. Okay, uh, so basically we were we exchanging uh, Bitcoin to Guacha. Yes. So I could have sent you also euros. Yes. Because you I, have an IBAN. Yes. Then <laughs> you, I have a, you have a big network and, yes. and, a, and a lot of special knowledge about <laughs> yeah. money. I see that. Um, have you been around when we used Machankura on, on the meetup? At the uh, I, I was there when they were using Machankura. Uh, now the only issue is uh, it was a USSD platform. Mm -hmm. I don't like USSD platforms. Oh, really? So, yeah. but that's M-Pesa too, right? And no, no, M-Pesa, there's an app. They have an app. Yes. And why don't you like USSD? Uh, you have to remember the codes. <laughs> uh, so, already, I use multiple platforms. So, I already know multiple USSD codes. Um, the apps do everything. Apps are more, yeah. more user-friendly than... Um, than, than anything. Yeah, um, I mean, if you can download an app and you have a smartphone yeah. and you have mobile data, then of course I recommend using a self-custody yes. wallet. Yes. But I think for many people who don't have that, maybe it's the first time that they are able to receive Bitcoin um, and send it to someone else or, or uh, buy airtime with it. That's um, on on the, that one, um, one of the things which... Uh, I prefer the apps for is, um, you know, Bitcoin wallets, um, usually the people I deal with are not on the same platforms. Yeah. So if I'm dealing with someone who's in in um, Netherlands and he sends me a USDT TRC20 wallet, I don't need to know which platform the wallet mm -hmm. is in. Mm -hmm. I just copy paste, select the type of wallet <coughs> I send through, it's standardized. But if you're using platforms that are specific you can only send to other users within the platform and then the other user has to then send to their yeah, own but wallet. that's the great thing with bitcoin right you can send it to anyone in any wallet as long as it's a bitcoin address or yes. a lightning address. Uh, no so with bitcoin um, especially if you have a trust wallet uh, you find that there are so many variants of bitcoin yeah. There's WBTC, LBTC, BTC, um, yes. whether it's a Solana wallet, it's a, a BNB <laughs> type that. wallet. Yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. so it's um, so not all platforms accept Lightning wallets. Uh, not all platforms accept uh, ordinary BTC wallets. So, on the apps, it's easier to select which type of wallet it's going to. Like Binance, you have USDT. 
And then from there, when you're sending, you can select whether it's a TRC20 or an ARC20 mm. or Solana mm. or, or any other type of USDT, mm. and it does the work in the background. Yeah, it's confusing for people, yeah. right? Because as you said, there are so many different Bitcoin, like Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV, Bitcoin yeah. Gold, whatever, yeah. but they are not Bitcoin. Yes. Yeah? So that's the problem with yeah. it, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, understand. So, wow, um, thank you very much, Mr. Uh, Mulus. No, that was very interesting. I learned uh, a lot. I uh, know, thanks for having and me. You're welcome, and maybe we'll visit you in your shop. All right, no, you're more than welcome. <laughs> thanks. All right. Bye. All right, bye. That's it. Thanks for joining. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to my newsletter at anita.link news to get all updates directly into your mailbox. If you can afford, please support my work with Bitcoin for Fairness with a donation at anita.link slash donate. A special thanks for supporting Bitcoin for Fairness go out to the Human Rights Foundation, Paxful, Leden and OKCoin.